0: The Geek Speak Podcast is brought to you by WebMobile Fusion's 90-Day Growth Accelerator. Predictable growth for deposits and loans with a digital marketing strategy in mind. The acquisition of new customers based on location alone is not an effective growth strategy. Utilizing a digital marketing strategy such as Web Mobile Fusion's 90-Day Growth Accelerator provides your financial institution with far more effective ways to find new clients. The 90-Day Growth Accelerator is a guided process to 1. Audit your current marketing strategy, 2. Identify bottlenecks, opportunities, and metrics that matter, and 3. Develop an action plan to improve strategy and double your sales. There are three phases of the game. The first phase is the build phase, the second phase is the optimize phase, and the third phase is the accelerate phase. We call this the growth triad for predictable growth. A documented journey, tools and tactics, and actionable metrics. You need them. Are you stuck in the mud? You know where you're going, but you don't have the tools or abilities to get there. Maybe you're a bull in a china shop. You have lots of activity, but you have no idea what's working. Or what about the one hit wonder? You have tactics that work until they don't. There is no unified framework for predictable growth. Visit webmobilefusion.com if you're interested in learning more about the 90 day growth accelerator. So you interview like some of the top technology executives, and and I'm sure you've had some heard some interesting trends. Like, what are some of the top three trends that you've heard in banking from some of your uh, recent interviews?
1: So, what I was talking about pretty recently was um, was branch transformation projects. So, a lot of banks have put plans to modernize their branches on the back burner. Um, which made sense during the pandemic as they had to focus more on bulking up their digital capabilities. Um, but now if you have a really good online experience and customers come into the branch, it um, it's going to clash, like if you have a dated looking branch. So a lot of banks now that they've improved their digital capabilities, now they have to turn back to their branch transformation projects and modernize those, which can be more open floor plans, um, teller pods instead of teller stations. Um, and also, like, they're big on demos, so using tablets or removal devices to teach customers how to use mobile and online banking.
0: Hi, my name is Lincoln Parks, founder of WebMobile Fusion. We help community banks, credit unions, fintechs, and financial institutions effectively find their target audience. We help you market directly to your targeted consumer through a customer journey that takes your customer from virtually unknown to a raving promoter fan of your business. Believe it or not, customers are no longer waiting for financial institutions to catch up with technology. Customers want to access technology through your institution where they are with immediate access to meet their financial needs. Are you providing that? Well, my next guest may have some solutions. My guest on today's podcast is Miriam Cross, technology and fintech writer for American Banker. In this jam-packed episode, Miriam shares her viewpoints on branch transformation efforts, digital banking capabilities, and how COVID-19 has affected banks and more. You will walk away from this podcast episode inspired, happy, and ready for more. Let's listen in to this episode with Miriam Cross. Welcome, guys, to the Geek Speak podcast. I'm I'm so excited about this episode because we have none other than American Bankers, Miriam Cross. And Miriam is a fintech and technology writer for American Banker. I'm just excited to, to have you on today, Miriam. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So let's jump right on in um, with our questions. And so your path to becoming um, a writer at American Banker, how did you get such a prestigious uh, um, partner with such a prestigious brand?
1: Well, I was working. um, I moved to the U.S. eight and a half years ago to work at Kiplinger's personal finance magazine. And I was there for seven years where I mostly wrote about, I wrote a lot about travel, but also a lot of other personal finance topics and banking came up. Um, I did our, I helped with our best banks rankings for three years. Um, And after seven years, it was time for a change and the job at American Banker popped up.
0: Okay, awesome. So you said you moved to the U.S. So where are you moving from? Toronto. Oh, from Toronto. So, yeah. are you originally? Are um, you, or you born in Toronto? So, mm-hmm. you're a Canadian. Yeah. Awesome, great, great, great. I remember I was. Uh, I think I was in high school uh, in um, in the Bahamas, and we took a trip to um, Toronto, and we went to Niagara Falls, and it was all frozen over uh, and everything at that time. But it, it was great. So, we were we were we were in your home in your backyard. <laughs> so. So I, let me ask you, how many articles uh, do you have to write in a month? Or or even, even better than that, you know, how many have you written? What's the most that you've written?
1: So I think a better way to describe it is in a week. Okay. Um, so generally two features a week and then smaller items as they come up. So, um, yeah, two features and then, like, maybe one or two other items in a week.
0: Gotcha. So I, I know there's a lot of research that – goes into that so what's some of the process that you use uh, as far as your research and in, into some of the um, articles that you write
1: I do background reading and I've learned not to be afraid of asking really simple questions <laughs> for the people I'm interviewing to ask them to break things down in layman's terms
0: Gotcha gotcha so so that leads me into my next question which is do you have a, a technical background <laughs> you know and what you know what made you interested in technology and finance in the first place?
1: I do not have a tech, a technical background. Don't ask me to do anything techy.
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting that, that, that you, you are a FinTech and technology writer um, because you are, you are really great at it. I've read a ton of your articles and uh, you know, just based on how you structure everything. I mean, you, you, you ask the right questions and you, uh, you get the answers that everybody's looking to read.
1: Oh, thank you. I'd say more uh, more so, it's not like I quite have a finance background either, although I learned a lot while I was working at Kiplinger's. Um, but in terms of finance, like I, I think I've always been pretty good at managing my money. Um, it's always been of interest to me. So I think that helps me with the finance part and maybe the banking part. And in terms of technology, you know, I've learned like, You don't need a background in what you're writing in. You just have to be willing to do a lot of research and, like I said, ask simple questions. And in some ways, it kind of works out in your favor because if you have to break things down for your audience, then you need things you need to understand it for yourself first.
0: That and that is that is so true because I know um, the some of the questions that you have asked before have been some really tough questions, and to really break those down and and to get simplified, um, I, I can understand why you do it so uh you interview like some of the top technology executives uh and, I, and i'm sure you've had some heard some interesting trends like what are some of the top three trends that you've heard uh in banking from some of your uh, recent interviews
1: so what i was talking about pretty recently was um was branch transformation projects yeah. so a lot of banks have put plans to modernize their branches on the back burner And which made sense during the pandemic as they had to focus more on bulking up their digital capabilities. Um, But now if you have a really good online experience and customers come into the branch, um, it's going to clash, like if you have a dated looking branch. Um, So a lot of banks now that they've improved their digital capabilities, now they have to turn back to their branch transformation projects. And modernize those, which can mean more open floor plans, um, teller pods instead of teller stations, um, and also like they're big on demos, so using tablets or removable devices to teach customers how to use mobile and online banking.
0: That's that's so that's, that's that's pretty awesome. Because I, I know, have you seen that through COVID? Maybe some of uh, some of these decisions were sped up. Do you think? In some of the articles that you've you've written, or some of the uh, people that you've spoken with.
1: For digital banking, it's, yes. Like for digital banking capabilities, yes. Okay.
0: So, so from mm-hmm. from those trends, what are, what excites you the most? You know, in in your personal banking.
1: Um, so another one is personalization. A lot of banks um, of all sizes have been taking a lot more interest in using all the data they have about their customers to make more targeted offers or encourage them to consider certain products or make certain decisions. Um, and some of this is reactive, but They're also trying to be more proactive in certain ways, kind of like head off customer questions as they come, um, remind them about payment due dates or things like that. Um, So that is definitely of interest to me. I remember, um, so at my bank, a few years ago, I was in the branch for some reason, and the teller who was helping me said, by the way, I've noticed like your balance is a lot. Like your balance is like kind of consistently this amount and you qualify, you could qualify for this different account, which has more perks. And like, I never would have thought about that otherwise, but it made total sense. And now that is the account I use and it does have more perks. So like, that's the kind of service that I would love to hear more Yeah, of.
0: yeah, yeah. That hyper personalization is, is, is really critical. I think, I, I think, you know, a lot of banks are are now starting to get on board with that. When you, when you think about, you know, looking at some of the trends that customers really want and need that that's important because if, if if my bank would come to me and and make suggestions to me then that, and that and tell me you know based on some of the trends or spending habits or, or, or you know if I'm if I have a goal that I want to accomplish and they're in line and in tune with my um, financial account and th- that that really makes mm-hmm. it even better so that that's a that's a really good trend so uh, another question I have for you is What is an area that you feel banks and credit unions need to focus on more in the next two to three years?
1: So one thing I've been... Finding super interesting in terms of what the fintechs are doing, that I think banks should be focusing more on is coming up with products that serve either niche communities or underserved communities. So there are a lot of challenger banks out there for people of color, um, for immigrants, there's one for L- the LGBT community, um, a lot for children and for families, and um, in couples. That's something I just um, was looking into. So this is something um like these and these have features that the people who use them feel like they don't get out of their banks like the one like a lot of the neobanks for immigrants um like their top feature is like low cost ways to transfer money abroad which is something they really value but it's something that's a lot harder to find at your bank. Right.
0: That I'm telling you that again that that's another area you know and 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 really tying into that hyper personalization but when when banks are specific and niche towards uh, their customers. I think that's when you get the most value. So I, I can definitely see if uh, more banks are, are, are coming online or ad- adopting some of those trends that it's only going to benefit them and benefit their customers as well long term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you um, where 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 are you bank. You don't have to say where you bank, but what's something that keeps you at your your current bank or, or credit union?
1: Well, they have a lot of branches in Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, my account, I mentioned, I was mentioning earlier how I switched to like a, like a, an account with more perks. And one of, one of the advantages is um, they reimburse all my ATM fees, including internationally, which, so I always use that debit card gotcha. when I travel. And
0: that, that, that's one trend that I see a lot, or that, that's something that I hear a lot where uh, uh, people are saying the ease of use to getting to my bank, it be it digitally or, you know, their, their footprint. That, that's one of the things that keeps rising to, to the top uh, when, when you look at, you know, why people stay at a particular bank and why they don't move. But I can also understand now them knowing you more as a customer uh, and knowing what you need, mm-hmm. that, that that's going to keep you around for a long time. So what advice would you give to bankers looking to innovate?
1: So similar to what I was saying about creating more products for people who feel like they're underserved by traditional banks. And one advantage banks have over fintechs is, you know, fintechs, especially ones that are very focused in one area, like they can have a they have a really good idea, but there isn't necessarily a plan to grow with the customer. So there are a lot of challenger banks out right now for um, children, usually ages like six to seventeen in that in that range, but eventually the child is going to age out right. of that account or that app. Um, so the thing banks can do is banks, like if you capture customers when they're young, then you can also grow with them over their entire lifetime as they accumulate more wealth and need loans and Absolutely. things like that.
0: And you know, that's a that's a challenge that I have right now because I, I have a 15 year old daughter and uh, and we've opened up like different accounts for her. And the thing about it is we we were looking for, and I, and I know there are some digital banks that are out there right now uh, that, that cater to that age group. Well, we were looking for an account specifically, you know, in our in our local geographic area, that would give her some flexibility where where she can use that, and and that's a great that is a a, a great way to continue a banking relationship for years. Because think about it, if if a kid that's you know ten years old, eleven years old, or teenager, uh, then the next thing you know, they're going to college, and then they're becoming a young adult, and they still have that account and. Uh, or a relationship with that bank, and that continues on and on you know that's just going to keep you know that's just going to give them long lasting customers so I, I, I that's very very important so um Miriam, the last question uh that I have for you it's totally off topic uh, and that is you know what is one thing that nobody currently knows about you uh, you have any special talents <laughs>
1: I can't think of things that nobody knows about me that okay. something you don't know about me. Um, <laughs> um, I because I'm very good. I think I'm very good at um, finding good travel deals and planning trips in the way that like I have no shame about interrogating people about what okay. they did on their vacations, and then like I'll remember like details like five years later about like where gotcha. to stay and what to okay. do. Ah, like so okay, that. so I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: ask you because we are going on a trip. Uh, my daughter plays volleyball, so we're traveling. We're going to Vegas, uh, so we're gonna be in Vegas for for a little while. Then we're driving over to um, Anaheim, and we're gonna be there for a little bit. Have you any advice for me?
1: Um, okay. I mean, I have been to Vegas. And I would say the hotel rates are pretty cheap, but then yeah. they get you with the resort fees, so yeah. you have to. So we're that staying in. at
0: the um, um, we're staying at the MGM Grand, I think. I think it is. So, um, I'm, what I'm going to have to do, you know, in Vegas is make sure I uh, duct tape my daughter's eyes so she doesn't see anything that's going on there. But.
1: <laughs> oh. Actually, tip is go to downtown Vegas. Not like the not the kitschy part, but like the cool part okay. of downtown okay. Vegas. I'm, I'm, gonna,
0: I'm gonna have to take your advice yeah. on that and 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 get her down there. So um Miriam, I, I right. really appreciate you you being on today. This has been fantastic. You shared some great information um, for bankers and 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 banks and and then I, I learned a little bit about you uh with with your uh, travel tips. So This isn't gonna be the last time that that I ask you some questions about travel. So anytime I'm going somewhere, I'm gonna make sure I reach out to you for it. (laughs) All right, Miriam, thanks for for joining us today.
1: All right, right, thank you.
0: Well, I can honestly say that conversation was refreshing. Miriam Cross shared with us what happens during COVID-19 with banks and how they had to pivot. Digital transformation and making sure that your customers are ready for the digital transformation that's going to happen. A lot of banks, community banks and credit unions are doing this right now, but are you truly prepared with your digital capabilities? And then the third thing was making sure that your bank is up to par with its branch transformation efforts. Because Guess what? If you have the digital side and you don't have a branch that looks inviting, you, you're you kind of mismatched there. So this was a great discussion. And we also got to learn a little bit more about Miriam and what she does with the travel industry. So the next time I go and I book any travel, I'm going to make sure I check in with Miriam. But this was an awesome, awesome podcast. And I hope that you guys continue to listen and connect with us on the Geek Speak podcast. We'll see you on the next one. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And I just want to ask a few favors from you. If you don't mind sharing. This podcast with some of your friends, either on social media or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, I ask if you can share that with your audience. I'd also ask if you can subscribe, subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any of the interviews that we're going to be releasing for the remainder of the year in season number two. And then also, if you don't mind giving us a positive rating and rate the podcast and a review and also ask any questions that you want to have on the Geek Speak podcast. So again, I want to thank you for joining us and see you next time.